Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Alright, so what won the Oscar? The Oscar for what? The, the best song. song. Oscar. Oh. From last episode. That was... Oh, Jesus Christ. It was Christ. the song from Monsters, Inc. The song from Monsters, Inc. I can't remember Inc. what it was called. Let it go. No. No, you usually need to let that go. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? I can still hear the echo. That's fine. Oh, oh my God. Butt fluff. Butt fluff. <laughs> and now, if he doesn't delete this, people are going to be like, why are they talking about butt fluff? <laughs> because not? I was petting Chael and scratching his butt, and all this hair fluffed off. So now, there's butt fluff. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, <clears throat> I don't think I hear it. No, good. <laughs> we were having some difficulties, friends. We, no. got, we got our sound guy, Alex, on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he took care of it. Did you just pull the dog hair out of your mouth? <laughs> Might have been. Maybe. All right. Might have been butt fluff. We don't know. Mm. Hope not. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. Think butt fluff will make the next uh, uh, bingo card? Maybe. <laughs> Depends Audra, on. get on that. Butt fluff for the center. Depends on how many episodes in a row we talk about butt fluff. That's true. Mm. Anyways, he's John. And yeah. I'm Tony. <laughs> Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. Action adventure. We take turns selecting from these movie genres, movies that in our opinions have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these films on anyone's top ten list. But maybe by list to our podcast, you can give them a second chance. This week on the podcast is Elaine's pick. 2020's Doolittle. Pretty sure this is going to show up on some worst of 2020 lists. Is this the newest movie we've ever done? No. No. Because we did, like, Suicide Squad after it came out or something. Yeah, we did Guardians of the Galaxy. No, no, but that that movie came out in 2018. No, but we... This is two years new. (laughs) But we saw it, like, the day it came out and did a podcast out right after we got home. Yeah. Yeah, this has been out for a little while. Uh But besides that... This would be the newest. Yeah. I think so. It's the newest movie we just picked. When did Ford versus Ferrari come out? 2019. The Llama The Gentleman. Yeah, that The was Gentleman too, was, was pretty new. Was pretty Ooh, new. The Gentleman was pretty new. Let's check that. Anyways. <laughs> it's up there. But this movie, Doolittle, is a remake of a 19... 2019. Uh, oh, God. I we should watch that. that. We haven't watched that in a while. What's that? The Gentleman. The gentleman? You oh, yeah. just watched it. I was just it. telling I like you the other day. Ago. I was like, I want to watch that again. It's a good movie. Um, it's a bit cunty. Doctor, do where Hugh Grant does a different does a different British voice. Yeah. So this is a remake of a 1967 movie starring Rex Harrison, which I loved as a child. It was something I've seen a lot. I've never seen it. That Not movie, the first remake though. Well, Eddie uh, Murphy did no, one too, Eddie you? Murphy did a remake in the 90s. Uh, 1998, but that one was a modern day retelling this one is more a period piece period piece is it from a book it is based on a book um as it's like a collection of short stories written by hugh lofting hugh grant hugh jackman no hugh lofting but this movie do little 2020 was only the second movie that Robert Downey Jr. had done that was not a Marvel movie, the last one previous to Since this, 2014. was The Judge. Since 2014. Uh, and that was a pretty good movie. You ever see that? Mm-mm. But He plays <clears> a lawyer where his dad is Robert Duvall, who gets in the DUI, and he defends him. And mm. At the end, spoilers, it's about one of them is The Judge. Mm. 
It seems like it's a good movie. I always wanted to see it's it. It's a drama. It was on something that we... It was on like HBO or something. It was a movie that I was mildly intri- intrigued in watching, but never got around to because Elaine doesn't watch very many movies. I rewatched that movie with him maybe a month ago or two with uh, him and Zach Galifianakis. Uh-huh. Due date. Due date. I was like, that was, that was all right. It was okay. Well, <clears throat> I'm this... never going to be like, oh, I want to go watch Due no, Date. No. Well, let me tell you some stuff about Doolittle. It got a 13% thermometer score mm-hmm. and a 76% audience score. I cannot I remember the last time we had such a big discrepancy between what the audience thought and what the critics thought. Because mm. the critics are just assholes. And the Metacritic was 26, mm. but the um, <laughs> but it got a 5.8 or 5.6 out of 10 overall on IMDb. Okay. Its budget was 175 million. In the U.S., it only grossed 77 million, but worldwide 245 million. So it made it made its money back when you take into account the worldwide. But obviously, in the states, it did terrible. This was directed. Hmm? The break even is usually a lot higher than you think. Well, but it, you wouldn't call it a a uh, monetary flop. I think by these numbers. You put to the break even point is. This was directed by Stefan Galfan, who also directed Syriana. And that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then it was written again by Stefan Galfan, who also wrote Rules of Engagement, Traffic, Syriana, The Alamo. So not comedies. Hmm. Period. <laughs> um, Want to try something new? And then his, <laughs> and then it was also co-written by a writing team of Doug Maud and Dan Greger. And they are most well-known for 52 episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Which 52 episodes? I did not. You didn't list them all? No. <laughs> read, them, read them off. We'll wait. Was it Girls vs. Suits? Because that's one of my favorite episodes. No. I don't know. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. So this movie, of course... Um, <clears throat> I'm, <clears throat> I'm out of order here. Uh, stars uh, oh, Robert Downey Jr. as Dr. John Doolittle... Who we know, of course, from Iron Man, Sherlock Holmes, and uh, his greatest movie ever, Back to School. Um, what? <laughs> He's barely in that. Is he not a welcome back to the podcast? No. My main Melly. This is our first Robert Downey Jr. It, uh, for the people roles, roles in this movie, we have Antonio Banderas as King Rasuli. He's got to be welcome back Welcome back to the, back podcast. To the podcast from Desperado, the 13th yeah. Warrior, and Haywire, fourth appearance. Wow. And I'm then forget that sex scene with the spur. I'm never gonna forget that. <laughs> <laughs> then we also have Dr. Blair Moufly, uh, who played by Michael Sheen, who is welcome back to the podcast from Underworld Rise of the Light and Sea. Any relation to Charlie Sheen? No. No. Because those his last name's not really Sheen. No. No, and this dude is from I England. I think he's and Charlie Sheen married is not to Kate Beckinsale. His last name is Estevez. Maybe. I don't know. I think they are divorced. Oh, they Carlos divorced. Estevez. <laughs> then uh, the animals. We have Polly the parrot, played by Emma, voiced by Emma Thompson. Who welcome back to the podcast from Love Actually. And Stranger well, Than Fiction. Oh, yep. I forgot about Stranger <laughs> Than Fiction. You don't have to write it down. I do. This is for prosperity. <laughs> I found my uh, podcast notebook from the first hmm. couple episodes. Oh, my wow. first podcast notebook. Nice. That was interesting. Hang um, on to that. Then we have Chi-Chi the gorilla, played by Rami Malek, who of course was fantastic in Bohemian Rhapsody in Battleship which nope. may come back up on the podcast New Bond movie. and one of John's favorite movies of all time Old Boy I don't recall um, Yoshi the bear the polar bear is played by John Cena 
who also did... Um, you may know him from WrestleMania. This is his second voice acting uh, job. He was also Ferdinand in the movie Ferdinand, which is about a bull. Okay. Which I never saw, but I kind of wanted to watch it. I really liked Parts him in the movie Blockers. He was hilarious. I do find him very entertaining. Uh, then we have Plimpton the Ostrich. His problem played. is that he's a rather large gentleman <laughs> and yeah. sticks out in everything he's in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do it like The Rock, where The Rock's always like, I'm a big intimidating guy. He plays it like a normal dude, but he's <laughs> just a massive sized man. <laughs> Which works Same for him, I think. Yeah. yeah. He could have a good. He'll have better roles. Comedic Arnold kind of a career. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, Plimpton the Ostrich is played by Camille Nanjiani. Then we have. <laughs> Dab Dab the Goose, played by Octavia Spencer. Jip the Dog, played by Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Yeah. And then we have Kevin the Squirrel, played by Craig Robinson, who is fantastic. He's from The Office. Hot Time Machine. Time Machine. I've never seen that. But he's excellent in The Office. He's always good. I don't know why you're shocked she's never seen Oh, he was also really good in... Everything he's ever been in. No, The Goods. He was he was DJ Request. Why haven't you done the goods yet? I'm gonna put it on my list. You better. That movie is so good. Like the list is getting longer. God, I love and DJ longer. Request. <laughs> that might be my favorite tertiary object. It's the <laughs> DJ booth on top. Of, you got to do the goods. Anyways, <clears throat> so John, what did you think going into this movie? I thought I haven't seen this. I wanted to see this. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that's what he was... What was did like you think going in, Tony? Oh, yeah, he's in Brooklyn this Nine-Nine. Is, I'm on the 2022 list here. Like, I got this year already done. Ooh. Tony, what you I think? I was like, I remember hearing about this coming out, but I never watched it. But, I mean, I'll watch anything already Jason. Mm-hmm. And Carly? I uh, never heard about this and wasn't interested in seeing it when I did hear about it, which oh. was about a week ago. <laughs> I, I did not like the Eddie Murphy... Doolittle, which is the well, only Doolittle totally movie film. experience I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, this is probably going to be bad. <laughs> I didn't hate the Eddie Murphy Doolittle, but it was not. Didn't age well. It, it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> C6 Sam says, solid family fun. C6 Sam. This is a funny, goofy, this is funny, goofy, and the picture movie to watch with your family corny humor over-the-top action and silly antics everything you would expect from a family film with talking animals it kept our multi-generational house giggling from the get-go and i plan to watch it again with all my nieces and nephews the hateful reviews make no sense this movie is exactly what you expect from a film with talking animals (laughs) those with angry reviews appear to have struggled getting in touch with their inner child 10 out of 10 now you mean when I think movies with talking animals, I should think this and not that movie nice. with the heads in the fridge. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean. I can't remember what that movie was called. What movie? The Ryan Reynolds talking voices. animals heads in the fridge movie. <laughs> voices. Just, yeah. Just, just, say just voices. The voices. I think the voices. there was a the. And there was just voices, I think. Anyways, I just thought that was funny because you were like, it's a movie with talking animals. I'm like, it's not the first one we've done. <laughs> On, on the other hand... You're right, it was The Voices. <laughs> I know. On the other hand, T-Bob38584... With 74% on Rotten Tomatoes? Wait a minute. <laughs> the Voices did really well. 57% audience score. It's a cool-ass movie. Yeah, people Someone seem to like it. that. Oh, wait, I did. <laughs> I wish I'd tell them. <laughs> Can I get through this bad review? No. Sure. You said T-Bob? T-Bob38584... The mask character. ...said... Uh, 
Three of the four of us fell asleep. Wow. <laughs> Robbie D- Robert Downey Jr.'s British accent needed subtitles. It was so bad. Story was lame. Jokes were old and stale. CGI was good. One out of ten. He was not doing a British accent. It was also Scottish. He was doing a Welsh accent. Um, Could you pinpoint that as a Welsh accent? No. Or did you not know that till you read the trivia? I did not read the trivia. Ooh. I happened to be scrolling on the IMDb, and the highlighted... Uh, Review was somebody bitching about all the people complaining about his British accent, which was not a British accent. It was a Welsh accent. And the dude was like, I am from that part of Wales. And he did a really good job with it, actually. It was Welsh. (laughs) I'm bloody Welsh. But he was like, all these people bitching about his British accent. It wasn't British. (laughs) I do have a problem with his accent. It's just, I thought it was hard to hear sometimes is my problem with it. Like, you would talk with... Like, it what was, did he say? It was odd, and it was kind of hard to understand. Sometimes it, it got, like, Scottish. Mm. And uh, I there were points where I was like, what did he say? That happened more than once. Yeah. But uh, I think that's just because we haven't figured out, really, the subtitles on the streaming <clears throat> through Tony's phone of the HBO. <laughs> yeah. And play with them. It's usually everything we watch has subtitles on. Yeah. You don't have it on your... T- you haven't downloaded it to your TV? No, I don't think we can, because I don't think our smart TV will let us. I just did it through my phone. I streamed it through my phone. Uh, I think it will let us. Okay. It should. I didn't know. I didn't mess Because with I remember there was a time when we couldn't have Disney Plus on the TV. Oh, yeah. And now right. we have Disney Plus on that's the right, TV. That's like right. Like on our TV down here, our upstairs TV with HBO Max. The downstairs TV had the old HBO one, so you couldn't get everything. Then one day, HBO Max. So you okay. got to check those things. All right. I Eventually, just, it comes around. I just... Uh, Maybe it does now because Wonder Woman is out, so they need everybody to be able to watch that. Do we have to talk about that dog trash piece movie? Dog trash. It was not dog trash. It was. Okay, back to this movie. Which also is not dog trash. We want to talk about the plot holes? We can count the ways. No. So this movie opens with a cartoon sequence and a voiceover by Polly explaining Dr. Doolittle's life. She wants a cracker. The creation of his animal sanctuary, um, his marriage to Lily, her subsequent disappearance, and how he's become a recluse. Well, she wanted a cracker, and has but her husband hidden gave it himself to the away from the world. <laughs> he said, "Nevermore." Then we cut to live action. We see a boy Stubbins with his family. Why'd you wake him up? Because he's really loud when he snores. <laughs> oh, but he was sleeping. Yes, but. Elaine's dog was snoring next to me and Tony. And I'm he's sure. a loud snorer. So yeah. we don't need the whole podcast to listen to your dog snore. He wants to go take a nap and needs to go upstairs. He's going to get louder than the bear roars on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, he saw some wood people, but, but he, he's scared you need now. to wake him up. You scared into him. He's so sweet. <laughs> Can you talk about your movie and I'll pet the dog? Thanks. Oh, well, maybe you shouldn't let the dogs be in here. Because <laughs> then I just want to pet the babies. My dog's outside sleeping like a good boy. Well, that's because I rubbed his butt, and now he's happy. <laughs> Buff love. <laughs> so we see Stubbins, and he's with his uncle and his cousin, and um, they are hunters, and they want Stubbins to shoot a duck, and he does not want to hurt the animals. He loves animals, so he closes his eyes at the last minute and fires his gun, and he misses the ducks, but he does accidentally hit a squirrel. He barely hit the squirrel. So if he hit a squirrel with a shotgun, there wouldn't be much squirrel. Well, well, we'll get to that. Perhaps it was a graze. Well, he hits him in the heart. Because remember, they pull a piece out of his artery. <laughs> out of his, uh, out of his uh, aorta. It must have been... That's a dead squirrel. I know. <laughs> and, well, it was bird shot, clearly. 
It's a squirrel. Yeah, but to birdshot, a squirrel's like a cannonball. Um, it was like a 45, so yeah, 45 would, bl- the, would blow a barn door. But the squirrel the is gravely... A lot of dry cleaning involved. The squirrel is gravely injured, and he says, oh no, we have to help him, and his uncle's like, well, I don't... Of course, we have to put him out of his misery, and hands him a big-ass knife, and then walks away, talking to his son about how Stubbins is such a weirdo. <laughs> got one with a hollow point, special occasion. So Stubbins is agonizing over whether or not he should put the squirrel out of his misery, when a parrot appears and tells him to follow him so he scoops up the injured squirrel and follows polly the parrot she leads him to dr doolittle's animal sanctuary and she shows him a secret way in because the gates are locked and he goes in and it's awesome there's animals everywhere elephants and giraffes and all kinds of wondrous creatures that this city that boy has never seen. That would not live together seen. in harmony because some of those would eat each other. Well, that's true. It's like the Noah's Ark story. I have a question. What did all the animals And do? as he follows <laughs> Polly <laughs> deeper into the sanctuary towards Dinosaur. the manor, <laughs> he runs into an animal. And it is a polar bear. And the polar bear scares him and he backs up into a snare and he's caught. It's John Cena. Dun, 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 dun. We don't know it's John Cena yet, though. Because you can't see him? Because we can't hear him. He hasn't talked. <laughs> well, he's, high, he's disguised as a polar bear this whole time. So you can't see him? Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> we go into the house and we see Dr. Doolittle playing chess with a gorilla. Chi Chi, the gorilla. And. Their game is interrupted when they are alerted to the fact that Stubbins is in the snare and that they have caught a boy. And Dr. Doolittle has what would be termed as perhaps a panic attack and mm. goes to hide. Never oh, been the same it's since a New York. Human. <laughs> he went to a wormhole. Humans are not allowed here. Humans are bad. Animals good, humans bad. That depends like on facts. what. I don't know. <laughs> Barry tries to eat him later. He's an animal. Well, Barry is clearly crazy. Don't ruin the plot. You're jumping ahead. I didn't say what kind of animal Barry was. Not someone who I would think would be named Barry. What's wrong with being called Barry? Nothing. Barry's not a bear, just so you know. (laughs) But uh, coincidentally, a girl arrives at the exact same time as Stubbins. And she finds him in the snare and asks him if this is the way to Dr. Doolittle's house and he asks her to help him get out of the snare. Presumably she does. Yes, which (laughs) I wouldn't think that Lady Rose would know how to release a boy from a snare, but it's not the kind of skill (laughs) that you would think would be (laughs) that someone who... um, Boss, go on, go. Get out of the room, not further into it. It's heavily implied that she's the heir to the throne, and you wouldn't think releasing boys from snares would be a skill that she has. Also, you wouldn't think she would have been the one sent on this errand, and where is her man that would be with her? Where where is the the menagerie (laughs) that should be coming with her? You would think there would be an escort. Yes. Go ahead. Woman walking around without an escort is serpentine, I tell you. Well, she's not even a woman. She seems to be a child. She's a child, and it's implied she's the heir to the throne. This woman is not going anywhere alone. She seems to be maybe... Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> some serious royal guard. But um, those dudes with the hats would be everywhere. At least Stubbins and Lady Rose knock on the door. They send the animals send Chi-Chi the gorilla to open the door because he is the only one with arms. <clears throat> and opposing thumbs. It is a prerequisite. And um, 
He opens the door, he sees humans, and he screams, <laughs> which also causes Stubbins to scream. And she sits there like, this is normal, that a gorilla is yelling at and her. And she <laughs> blinks, but she has the perfect poise of royalty everywhere. Yeah, I don't care how royal you are. You can be the queen. If a gorilla yells in your face, <laughs> you probably poop a little. Yeah, you probably are frightened, but she does know what she's walking into. Yeah. She was told about Dr. Doolittle's home. She does know there's going to be animals You know what? Everywhere. You can know that there's animals everywhere, but when an 800-pound gorilla yells in your now, face... This yeah. boy has no idea what I he's think walking into. This cracks me up, though, because Stubbins screams, and it's a girly scream. It is. Very high-pitched. I probably have gorilla, a girly scream, too. The gorilla's yelling in my face. The gorilla scream is also very high-pitched, and it's funny because it's like, ah, 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 ah. But, um, yeah, I, I just don't believe that Lady she, Rose she just, wouldn't have sat there like that. She no. says, oh, a gorilla, and walks inside. She doesn't look like she's perfectly fine. No, she's obviously starting. She's just she keeping it look, all inside. She doesn't look scared enough. Mighty Joe Young opens the door and screams in my face. <laughs> I'm running. You're because, screaming like a yes. girl, too? If Mighty Joe Young reaches out and grabs you, well, that's just for you. a little cartoon cloud outline of me as I fucking <laughs> ran. Because as soon as the gorilla grabs you, <laughs> your life is over. Yeah. <laughs> But Lady Rose goes and explores Doolittle's house until she finds him. And uh, she finds him hiding and asks him if he's okay. And he says that he definitely is not. And she tells him that he's been summoned by the queen to Buckingham Palace. And he's like, I don't care. And she's like, the queen is very ill and needs you to insult. And he tells her pretty much to piss off. Piss off, ghost. (laughs) But she won't go away. Then Stubbins (laughs) recovers from his bout of the uh, fear from the gorilla. He's changed his pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did have on brown pants. So maybe he wore brown pants. But uh, he breaks in, so to speak, climbs through a window, and uh, gives his injured squirrel to Dr. Doolittle. And Dr. Doolittle is like, how was he injured? And he's like, well, he's been shot. And Doolittle looks at him and he's like, I shot him accidentally. And they're all judging him. Mm-hmm. But Doolittle takes the squirrel and performs some CPR. So first he braids his beard. And then he performs surgery. On his heart, apparently. Open heart surgery yes. on a squirrel. With the mm-hmm. aid of his animal vet tech. And at one point, <laughs> cleanest, cleanest, the squirrel cleanest. whispers, if I die, I swear, I'll haunt your house. Which is very funny. <laughs> but also, ghost squirrel? Okay, I don't care. What are you going to do? Take my nuts? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's a little scary. I mean, I'll leave, get more. You leave my nuts alone. You're just going to hear gnawing sounds all the time. Could like you go in squirrel. your attic, gnawing holes? It's better than a ghost and... person. Could you sleep with... <laughs> yes, because I have headphones. <laughs> Trey does sleep with headphones on. <laughs> um, but Stubbins and Lady Rose watched the surgery from the observation room. Mm-hmm. And Stubbins is amazed by the way that Dr. Doolittle can talk to the animals in their own languages. And he decides that he is going to stay and become Doolittle's apprentice. And he is going to talk to the animals because this is what he's meant to do. Yeah, they do this cool the cool thing where, kind of like 13th Warrior, where, mm-hmm. they, where they zoom in and you're, they're all just speaking English. And when they zoom out, he's actually speaking their languages to them. Yes. So it's pretty cool. How As did you learn to- our language? I, I listened. <laughs> Antonio Banderas, you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> Better than than the Bacula? Ooh, don't Whoa! Make, ooh, don't make her choose. I mean, <laughs> it's just Sophie, not right. It's Sophie's choice right there. Um, <laughs> he was always Kevin Costner. 
I think Kevin Costner is my favorite actor, so nobody's better than Costner. He is my favorite. I do like me some Scott Bakula, and I do like Antonio Banderas. The and trifecta yes. of evil. The, the trifecta the, the, the of trinity. evil? The, the holy trinity. They're not evil. Now, don't get mad at the me The hunky trinity. Was Antonio Banderas in that movie we did with Gina Serrano? Gina. Yes. Coron. Yeah, he was it's the, called Haywire. Haywire. Did you mention that? When yes, I did. Okay. He had a, a, just, a beard in most of it. Carly a, wasn't paying attention. I had a moment where I was like, was he the one that was in that movie? Yes. <laughs> he was the bad guy. He had a great beard in that. She, she killed him at the this. end. Yeah. But you didn't see it. Like, she hops down, like, with no sound, and he looks at her and goes, oh, shit. <laughs> because she was going to whoop his ass. And there wasn't nothing he could do about it. Friends, go back and listen to our woman empowerment episode on Haywire. <laughs> because the most badass character was a woman. And we believed her. <laughs> but, um... <clears throat> Lady Rose reveals to Stubbins that if the queen dies, the animal sanctuary will go, the deed to the animal sanctuary will revert to the treasury department and that they will lose everything. So the queen's kind of Which an asshole. the animal's over here. It's like, here, you can have this until I die. <laughs> so then Polly takes this information to Doolittle and gives him an ultimatum that he has to go and help the queen. And he's like, I don't treat people anymore. People are awful. And she's like, if we don't, if the, tr- if the queen dry- dies, we leave everything. And he says, no, the deed said for life. And she said, the queen's life, not yours. And then he queen's says, that's what I get for letting <laughs> monkeys proofread. Which I thought was fun. And, and, then, she, and then he fires the monkeys who are eating paper. <laughs> the animals freak out because what are they going to do if they get pushed into uh, their sanctuary right in the middle of hunting season? Ugh. How are animals supposed to live outside houses? Which Polly says, I have an inn at the zoo, and so they're all going to go to the zoo and leave Dr. Doolittle, and he's like, you can't leave me. And she's like, well, then you have to help the queen. So he agrees to go and help the queen. Answer the the call. The animals clean him up mostly. Mm -hmm. And then Doolittle goes to the palace. He brings all the animals with him. Well, not all. There yeah. is no elephant. Well, <laughs> you got to be reasonable. There's also he no giraffe. A small group of them that regularly live in his home. But he brings a polar bear, and a gorilla, and a gorilla, and a dog, and a duck, and a flying squirrel, and a here's ostrich. My, here's my thing: six. <laughs> is, you're going to the queen's personal chambers. You can't bring a gorilla with you. I, you can't bring any of that shit. I mean, with he him. brings all of it. <laughs> Apparently, this is how he consults. This is how I. It's like, hey, this is how I roll. He rolls, We're a team. But rolls deep. Mm-hmm. He told Stubbins to go. He home. He brings his muscle. But Stubbins <laughs> did not go home. He stowed away in Lady Rose's carriage, which all of a sudden there's a carriage on the drive. Yeah. Um, and they arrive at Buckingham Palace, and the animals emerge from the carriage, and the guards pull a bunch of guns on them because what the hell? That's a polar bear. But Lady Rose says, it's all right, they're with me. We are the queen's personal guests. And they traipse through the palace. The queen, in the queen's chamber, we see the queen in bed and a bunch of people in the chamber. And we see Lord Bagley and Dr. Moofly. Bagley. I think it's Bagley. No, because I made the uh, Lord Bagley Jr. joke. You said it's Ed Bagley Jr. I said that's his grandpa. <laughs> I also think it's Badgley. <laughs> I could check the MVP, but that's too much information. But they are discussing the Queen's impending demise, 
Dr. Moodfly is going to continue to leech her, which, and, but she won't last out the week. Because leeching doesn't work. <laughs> and Doolittle arrives, causing quite a commotion. And everybody just listens to Lady Rose that he's been summoned and that all these animals are okay. Which, again, implies that she's the heir to the throne, although they never say it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Moodfly and Dr. Doolittle... Moodfly. ...happen to know each other from college. Blair and John went to college. <laughs> and they. Uh, it appears that... I would say Dr. Doolittle doesn't really care much for Mudfly, but doesn't really care about him. But uh, Dr. Moodfly, there's, there's an umlaut, um, is jealous of... Always hated Doolittle. By the way, Tony, write down another John main character. Oh, that's right. Because he has this gift and everybody thinks he's so amazing. And it probably would suck to be in college at the same time as that dude going to school to be a doctor with him if he's so amazing. Although you might just want to try to be friends with him so you can learn a little bit. (laughs) Although... I know if I'm. He talks to animals. Doesn't mean that he's super smart or anything. Well, even if it is amazing that he can talk to animals and that he becomes this world-renowned veterinarian, he's still just a veterinarian, and you're the queen's physician. So it seems like you won. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah, Um, he's doing what he loves. You got what you wanted. There's no reason for the hate. Yeah. I can understand it while you were in school, but now you're a grown up. (laughs) And it's not like Moodfly was also in love with. Yeah. Lily, Doolittle's wife. Yeah. I was waiting for that, but that doesn't matter. No, because no, he would have hardly known. The only other person who loved Lily was Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Uh, King Rasuli? Yeah, him. Anyways, Doolittle examines the queen with the help of the animals, and he diagnoses her as poisoning by a rare plant. And that the cure must be administered uh, before the solar eclipse on the 17th, or she will perish. The cure is the fruit of the Eden tree, which no one is sure as if it even exists, and there must be a very long and complicated journey to find it, which they aren't even sure that they would be able to complete. So, they're like, everybody's kind of like, say what now? He's like, I know it sounds weird. We have to find a fruit that probably doesn't exist off a tree that no one's seen and an island that doesn't. Nobody can find. Nobody can you find. have to have the black compass. <laughs> but it's, you know. Doesn't he have to ask the octopus too? Yeah. Octopus yes. too? yeah. He he talks to the octopus about what happened. Yeah. But the octopus says snitches get stitches. <clears throat> I thought the octopus told him something. He it did. was in the teeth. Well, yeah. the first it thing he said teeth. was snitches get stitches, and he's like, I ain't no bitch. And he's like, come on, man. And he said, and he's like, all right, tea. it was in the teeth. So tea. he has Jib check, check the tea tray, and then they went through the pharmaceutical encyclopedia until they found that it was definitely not shade. <laughs> that was the culprit. The culprit? <laughs> so Here's the Professor Plum. So he is going to embark on this journey to save the queen because he has to if he wants to keep his house and all of his animals. So they leave, and when they leave, Doolittle tells Stubbins that it is time for him to go, and Stubbins says, but I'm your apprentice. You told everybody that I was your apprentice, and Dr. Doolittle said, well, that's because you stowed away, and I didn't want, embarrass- didn't want to be embarrassed by having to admit there was a stowaway in my menagerie, but now it's time for you to go because you can't come on this journey with us, and I don't care if you want to learn about talking to the animals. And then Stubbins goes home and is sad. And his family does not know what to do with him because he is weird to them. They're a family of hunters, and he doesn't want to hurt any animals or even insects 
or even spiders. And nobody likes spiders, not even spiders. But his aunt is like, we just have to give him some time. He'll adjust. His uncle is like, I don't understand this dude. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do with him. I don't know how your sister put up with him. That's what he said. So then the next morning, the animals have colluded to bring Stubbins on the journey against Doolittle's wishes because a giraffe and a fox and Polly the parrot wake him up. Because Polly knows that Doolittle needs Stubbins. And that Stubbins belongs with them because he fits in with, he is the kind of person, he's just like Lily and just like Doolittle, he belongs with them and she can spot these people right off. He's got that something special. Je ne sais quoi. Stubbins is the first reluctant, but Polly convinces him. Oil of Olay. So then we get a fun giraffe race to catch the boat. Yeah, there's horses chasing a giraffe. That's not fair. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's silly and fun, and it ends on a bridge where they have missed the boat. So why are they chasing us? Because it's not an escape until someone chases you. Because <laughs> there was no reason for the, all of those mm-hmm. cops to be chasing them. No, not at all. Like, this is just, okay. Maybe the giraffe pooped on the walk. And they didn't pick it up. Mm. You expect me to pick up the poop? <laughs> <laughs> maybe the giraffe pooped on a policeman. Mm. Okay. He could have. Or maybe they fall off the bridge and all end up in... I don't know. According to the York. fox, they're wanted in three counties. Three but what did the fox three say? Three And so <clears throat> the, they missed the boat. It's already launched. But up ahead, there is a half-finished erection. <laughs> Not the most glorious erection ever, but definitely an erection of some kind. Semi. So, it's a semi. So they go to the bridge. It's a semi erection. But they're too high up. Like he the boat is about to pass underneath the unfinished bridge and Stubbins is there and he sees a pulley system, so he's gonna lower himself to the bridge or down to the boat from the, the bridge. Duke of Albany's standing there like mm-hmm. But it gets stuck and he has to jump. And all the animals and Doolittle are like, Don't jump, don't you won't make it except for Kevin. The squirrel. <laughs> no, Kevin says the murderer is back to finish the job. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he says, do it. He, he encourages him to jump. And Stubbins jumps and is caught in the sail and miraculously makes it onto the deck. It's amazing. And Doolittle is like, push him off. But Polly convinces him that Stubbins should stay and that he needs Stubbins. And, um, and she helps trim his hair a little bit more because it's... Yeah. Still looking like a rat's nest. Yeah. Well, no, it was a mouse nest, and that was his beard. Uh, Lord, then we see Lord Badgley. Looking like a yak's wig. <laughs> <laughs> she throws on some Joni Mitchell. <laughs> so then we flash to Lord Badgley, and he's talking to Moodfly, and he wants him to follow. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> Moodfly. Because it's That's spelled mudfly, it. but they keep saying moodfly because of the umlaut. Because it's funny, it's a joke that his name is mudfly. Butt hair. Or what was it? Butt fluff? Butt fluff. Butt fluff. Butt fluff. Butt fluff. Which sounds a little bit like bat lift if you say it right. Yeah. We're going to get you a t shirt that says butt fluff. Nice. Mm. I'll wear that everywhere. <laughs> that Lord I would never wear that. <laughs> anyway, so he has he's gonna have Mudfly follow Doolittle to make sure that he fails so that Lord Badgley can take the throne because there's enemies 
all around and they're not going to follow a child. They're not going to put a child on the throne. So he's going to have the get the throne of England. And so Bachelor, so which, Moodfly has to make sure that Doolittle never returns. Which is sound reasoning. You don't want to put a child on the, the, the leader of your country. So and then we have... Dolphins. Yeah, that doesn't usually work. A long sea journey to Monteverde. Monteverde. To, revi- to re- retrieve Lily Doolittle's journal, because she has charts to Eden Island, which is where she was going when her ship went down. Because when your wife dies, you don't have any of her stuff. She had figured out how to find it. But her ship sank, and the only thing that was recovered was her ring that Polly brought to Doolittle and her journal, which is in the hands of the king of Monteverde. Kraken sunk it. We do see, and it's his most prized possession. And I was like, why? (laughs) They explain it. But I was like, why? That's such a weird thing. Yeah. But there is some shenanigans along the way when uh, Moodfly catches up with them, but they use whale power to uh, go faster and escape. And whale power, kids, if you're not sure, is they put a whale in front of the boat. Put a harness on them. And it drags the ship. Yeah. That's pretty cool. cool. Which is pretty cool, and hopefully they strap that thing right or it would tear the ship in half. (laughs) But then we arrive at Monteverde. Like, how are they getting away from us? That appears that Doolittle has strapped it to a, a whale. <laughs> no, no, Doolittle and a polar bear have <laughs> yeah, harnessed a whale. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> All right, we'll fire some, some cannons at it or something. Yeah. There are some fun um, extras in this movie. Just They just have a couple of lines, very small, tertiary objects of a character. I will tell you that it was hard to pick a favorite line, not because there wasn't a lot of options. There was a lot of options. <laughs> Too many options. But we arrive at Monteverde, and Doolittle must steal the journal from King Rasuli. It is his prized possession. And uh, they have to break, so all the animals stay on the boat, and Doolittle and Stubbins go to break into the palace with the help of James the Dragonfly. Or Jason. No, James. James the Dragonfly. Played by Jason Manzucas. Jason Manzucas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they bribe some ants into lockpicking. <laughs> With sugar cubes. <laughs> With sugar cubes. I don't like and how the ants are supposed to be mobsters. That was like, really? Do they have to be? Yeah, that was really weird. The whole. It was out of place. On this, the day of my because, daughter's wedding, yeah. like, really? well, they, they would, did they, say that they were doing this the Godfather was an thing. island of thieves. Yes, yes thieves and but pirates. The Godfather and... wasn't created in whatever the hell year this was. I'm just saying. It's 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 it out of place. It didn't seem crazy to me because this was the island of the criminals. It's a reference that many people know, so I could see why they would slip this in. But it didn't need to be there. It was he didn't have to talk like the Godfather to be a a criminal element in the city? The lock picking ants. But uh, they get through this door that the ants have to pick the lock of, and then there's bars, and Doolittle is like, well, this was not here before. I don't know what to do now. But Stubbins is like, don't worry. I can fit through those bars. Because he is, of course, a kid. Mm -hmm. He's a slender gentleman. And um, and Doolittle is like, I can't let you do that. You don't know the way. And James is like, (laughs) James is like, well, I can lead him. So Doolittle is like, okay. And uh, so Stubbins goes alone. James is leading him through, and Doolittle has given him some instructions. But as he gets to the king's bedchamber, he finds out that King Rasuli loves lions. 
there are lions everywhere. And he has to do some acrobatic stuff to get through all of the lions to get to the secret passage. And he does. He gets down the secret passage. He gets to the, to the journal only to be caught by King Rasuli. Because James the Dragonfly is an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Doolittle and Stubbins are taken prisoner. And we find out that Rasuli blames Doolittle for his daughter's death. And, and that Lily Doolittle, yeah, his wife, was Rasuli's daughter. And, and now it makes more sense that his prized possession is the book. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so when they first said it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, it's your kids. That makes more sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how much more, how much older is Antonio Banderas than Robert Downey Jr.? I don't know. Why don't you look? I'm going to. You have a Google machine. I have a Google machine. I'm going to say... Seven years. Seven years is a good number. How, seven years. And also, what's the age difference between the French actress that played Lily Doolittle and Stand Robert Downey Jr.? One thing at a time. Mm-hmm. 65 for... Antonio? All right, so Antonio Banderas is five years older. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and let's see, Lily is not on the first page here. It's going to take me a second to get to her. Well, she was a very important person. She says no. like two words. <laughs> she was a tertiary object. Lily Doolittle. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so she was born in 1979. Robert Jr. was born in 1965. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. A <laughs> little bit of a disparity. But Antonio Darius could be her father. That's not outside of the... Yeah. 19 years. No. But he was born 60. So, 18, 19 years, something like that. Yeah. Easy. Especially if you're a pirate. I mean, yeah. I could see you being very cavalier with your birth control. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that, that checks out. But she was really into older men. You're definitely yeah. a pirate. She, you're, uh... she probably had daddy issues, which is why she dated Doolittle, who was a whole lot mm-hmm. older than her. Well, If, if you're but... a pirate, you're spreading semen all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> but if they were both the type of people that you could... You know, a man who sails the sea. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, Doolittle is a special kind of fellow. Definitely he... not playing around with And the they deck. went on grand adventures <laughs> together. Yes. But so Doolittle is put in prison, destined to be killed by Barry the Tiger, and Stubbins has become a pirate. <laughs> He's kind of He's one of them now. Assimilated into the pirate life. So Stubbins is Why does Barry have gold fangs? Because he's awesome. Why wouldn't Barry the have Triple gold H fangs? had gold fangs and blade and he wasn't awesome. But he made a Pomeranian into a vampire. That was pretty awesome. You have a vampire Pomeranian? I don't know. I think so. I don't like Pomeranian. Is it time for me to pick Blade 3? No. Getting, so we can discuss getting, it at length? close. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. Like, did his teeth fall out so he made gold ones for him? Or are they capped gold teeth because he's a pirate? Capped. Or I didn't understand the gold fangs of the It tiger. makes him look cooler. Because he's, he's gangsta. All right. Fair enough. Every gangster needs a grill, and Barry is a gangster. <laughs> but he needed all of his teeth to be gold. It's cooler if it's just his fangs. It's cooler if it's just one fang. <laughs> I don't know. One fang might look like he couldn't afford to do them both. I mean, he's not using money. He's a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> so how did he get these gold? I, I don't wonder. That's what I'm asking you. So how does he feel about his gold teeth? I They're great. His boss gave them to him. <laughs> Rasuli? Yeah. Well, I mean, said, if you are the hey, one, the executioner tiger. for the king. Hold still. <laughs> so, I'm going in your mouth. Wait a minute. 800 pound tiger who is known for killing people. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like Has a taste for this man. island, Doolittle's <laughs> weird flesh. gift of talking to the animals is not so weird. 
<laughs> I don't know. Nobody else really talks to the animals. Although they do talk, although um, Rasuli does tell Stubbins that Barry is quite mad. Well, they do and talk has, to the animals, but they don't listen. But I no. think the king at least talks to all of his lions and the tiger. Probably. Bears. And <laughs> oh my. So we see Barry. We meet the wonderful Barry. And he was apparently a previous patient of Doolittle's. But Doolittle fell in love with Lily and they ran off. Probably because Rasuli did not approve of Lily dating a gentleman just five years his junior. <laughs> and, uh, and he's voiced by Real Fines, which is awesome. Yeah. And uh, they uh, get to start in to get into a scuffle, if you will. Stubbins. Well, they kind of get into a murder because <laughs> he's not. Getting... It's a sc- no it's one is murdered. Fight. It's a scuffle. The only human thing, versus tiger is a scuffle. It's you're going to get eaten. I don't know. <laughs> At one point, you distracted him with a light. Is it a fair fight? No, <laughs> it's a fair fight. It's an entree. Stubbins <laughs> manages to communicate with James the Dragonfly uh, to get a message to Polly on the boat, and the animals come to the rescue. Um, oh, what is his name? Dun, 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 dun. Yes, uh, but I can't remember his dun, 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 dun. name. John Cena's name. Uh, Yoshi. 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 Yoshi, the polar bear. Mm-hmm. Yoshi. You could just say John Cena. Polly gives Yoshi some dynamite and he sets off a distraction. A polar wow. bear walks around with dynamite <laughs> in his hand and throws it into a room and nobody saw this coming. He threw that into an armory. Yeah, that was, yeah, the, it was, it was, that was a good choice. It was a big explosion. And Chi Chi and. So Polly and Chi Chi go to the dungeon. And Polly tries to distract Barry to save Doolittle's life, and it's not going to work. And Barry's about to murder both Polly and Doolittle when Chi-Chi comes out of nowhere and fights Barry. Now, Chi-Chi is a scaredy, scaredy, Miss Scareterson. He's terrified of everything, and he's a pacifist uh, gorilla. But he yells, I'm not a prisoner of fear. It's okay to be scared, over and over as he beats up Barry to save Dr. Doolittle's life. At one point, he kicks him in his undercarriage and Barry's berries get very injured, (laughs) which made John laugh out loud. As he falls, he goes, Barry's berries! Yeah, that was (sighs) And then all the pirates run off because they're distracted by the explosion. They're under attack, and Stubbins uses that to get the journal. And everyone escapes, and they make their way to the boat. When Stubbins arrives on the pier and says, I got the journal, that is when we find out that Moodfly is there. And they are all captured again. This time, Moodfly takes the journal and destroys their boat. My name is Mud. And then he leaves them in, oh. to be found by Wasuli. Wasuli. While rubbing it in that he was going to find the Eden Tree and have all of the rewards heaped upon him because he's helping Batchelor murder the queen. On top of the scientific discoveries of the Eden Tree and the island. Yes. So would this make Doolittle a musketeer because she's saving the queen? No, because it's not French. And none of them. Come, Stubbins, what's even the king? No. No. And then Moodfly sinks their boat, which there were animals on the ship, and now they're all in the water. And the ostrich is drowning. The ostrich, Plimpton is drowning, and Yoshi goes and saves him. He says, I can't fly and I can't swim. <laughs> then all of a sudden you hear, dun, 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 <laughs> and he jumps in the water and saves him. Yep. Yes, he does. And then pins him. 
And then, so they're all, they watch the lily pad sink, or the water lily, that's the name of it, the water lily sink. And Doolittle gathers them all around to give a speech, and they think he's going to give them a a pep talk, but no, he's ready to quit. They have come to the end, and he says... This this is it. I'm over. On the plus side, I've cured everyone. Chi-Chi's no longer scared. Plimpton and Yoshi are friends now. And Stubbins has learned to talk to the animals so you can all go about your happy lives. And I will just set up shop taking new patients here on this pier. And Stubbins is like, you can't quit. This The, the Lily, the journal, that was your wife. And she was a great explorer and she'd want you to go on. And then Doolittle talks about his wife and how he was the reason that she died and that he should have been with her. And Rasuli overhears this and then comes out and captures them again. (laughs) But he has overheard what Doolittle says about his wife and he too is very sentimental about his daughter and how much he loved her. And as much as he hates Doolittle, he loves his daughter more. So she, he agrees with Stubbins that Lily would want Doolittle to continue. Therefore, Rasuli is going to let them go. Killing Doolittle is not going to bring Lily back. So. Dab Dab says, but we don't have a boat. And Rasuli says, I can get you a boat. So then that they... That be a nice boat. <laughs> so then they get a boat Pirate. of... A, a old vessel in disrepair, but it floats. Mm-hmm. And they carry on. And But how are they going to find Moodfly? He's so far ahead of them. But they're going to use the whales. So they talk to the whales. Sonar. Like and, and the whales talk to each other and over long distances and they're able to spot Moodfly's boat. Like Batman. And then they were able to, one of the whales gives him the flipper. Just like a bat, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> and they're able, the whales are able to track Moodfly. Oh, yes. So... <laughs> um, I really adopted the animal. I was born with them. <laughs> So Doolittle are able to follow him to Eden Tree Island. So they all arrive at Eden Tree Island, and the journal tells them to go to the mountain in the center of the island, and there's a big entrance where Moodfly and his troops go, but Doolittle and his gang sneak in the back, up the side of the mountain. Old Moodfly. So they get to a large chamber... And they run right into Moodfly again. And they're captured again. But as Moodfly pontificates, he accidentally wakes the guardian of the Eden tree, which is, in fact, a dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like an actual fucking like dragon. dragon. And Although, real quick, uh, I didn't get this answer. Maybe I missed mm-hmm. it. They walk in there, and mm-hmm. um, when Doolittle touches the thing, everything starts to turn green. Yes, it's some kind of fungus. It's a moss, he says. But when He's the other guy touches it, everything turns turns red. Yeah. And then, okay, it just happened to be that way. I think that, so... It's, it's mood moss. <laughs> Is it? Now, it's here's what moss. I thought at... Here's what I thought in my brain the first time I watched it. Oh, here we go. So, Doolittle touches it, and it's moss, and they follow the moss, and it takes him to the chamber right. where there is Moodfly. Right. But then Moodfly is pontificating, and he has... A British flag. A British flag, which he bangs on the ground as if to claim this for Britain. Yeah, and everything. And everything starts to turn red. Now, I thought it was lava, and he had cracked yeah. the crust in a volcano. Or something. What's, what's magma? But It's lava. 
magma. But just because the moss led them to this chamber doesn't mean that this chamber is moss covered. But it is it's perhaps. Different. I was just more worried about the whole. But it seemed like for a minute, and I know this isn't true. He was a good guy, and he touched it. Everything spread out green, and he was well, a bad guy, and he touched it. Everything spread out red. I was like, well, "What does that mean?" Well, first but of all, it's mood moss. We'll go I was gonna say it's mood moss. <laughs> <laughs> mood flies. And mood when moss. and when Doolittle touched, and when Stubbins and Doolittle touched it, it's with the innocence yeah. of a explorer who just takes joy from life. But when mood fl- when mood flies stomped it, well, it's, maybe he injured he wants it to conquer because, it and take it for England, but. It wasn't a gentle touch either. Like, he hit it, so maybe he hurt the mood moss. Anyways, the mood moss lights up this entire chamber. The mood moss. Which then awakens the dragon, which was previously just a rock, and is now also covered in mood moss? Question mark. Sure. And attacks. Now, the dragon either kills or chases off all of the soldiers that were with Moodfly, and Doolittle saves Moodfly's life at one point. But then he stumbles down a pit, which is what you get, jackass. Um, the dragon's tail traps Yoshi, and to get Yoshi free, Doolittle stabs it with a sword, and then the dragon take, wraps up Doolittle in his tail and is about to kill him when Doolittle starts speaking to the dragon. Dragoness. I just, I just want to hear you describe this part. Go ahead. <laughs> My. What, what happens? What's coming next? So they start to speak to each other, and the dragon says, just because you can speak my language doesn't mean I'm going to spare you. You don't know my pain. And Doolittle starts to diagnose her and notices that her mate has died, and he too has a mate that's died. So he tells her how he empathizes with her, and she decides to let him go. But he is a great doctor, so he also... Notices that she's not just in emotional pain, she's in physical pain as because... well. Can I? Oh, I'm sorry. So it's very clear to him that she has a severely impacted colon. What? <laughs> and so. Tony was like, are we about to give the dragon an enema? <laughs> we definitely gave we her are. a colonoscopy. <laughs> there was no lubricant in that colonoscopy. Let that is not be. But I don't know what that asshole's like. Whoa. It's funny because earlier the dog farted mm-hmm. and John and Tony and Carly all kind of like covered up their noses. I couldn't <laughs> smell it from where I was sitting. That's too. because your dog but came over here and killed us. Instead, <laughs> it should have happened now because wow. it would have added some kind of fairy dust. The worst kind. There was already some dust. Yeah, we, can, we can live without that fairy but, dust. So Doolittle says, Madam, we are going to help you. I'm a doctor. No, no. And Actor is fine. Doctor, no. <laughs> I'm a doctor. He rallies his troops, and they are going to do a... They perform a colonoscopy, and he starts removing various pieces of armor and skeletons... You heard that right, true believers. From from her... He goes up the butt, and at one point, he warns... And goes past the butt fluff. Kevin the squirrel is sitting on his shoulder, and then he warns Kevin... That's one that there can be a release of wind, <laughs> which is a very funny fart joke. And oh my god, it's like a hurricane of farts. It's a farticane. Mm. And then, and it's kind, and it makes me chuckle because Stubbins assures the dragon that no one heard it at all. <laughs> everyone then, does it. And then Doolittle says, perfectly natural, everyone does it. 
And then they get the final, the really, the thing that's really causing the problem. He says, take a deep breath. This is obviously extremely painful because, again, no lubricant. And he pulls out what? Bagpipes. Bagpipes. Yes. They have air in them because mm. they are making noise. Yes. <laughs> bagpipes. He pulls bagpipes out of her butt. Yes. That happens. I thought monkeys were going to come out of her butt. Wow. But this, I mean, if you had bagpipes. Stuck up your ass. Stuck up your ass. You'd be very relieved once they were removed. And the dragon turns from being red to blue. Because now she's feeling very mellow, I guess. Mm. She's a mood dragon. She's a mood dragon. And, um... Feels ten pounds lighter. She feels that they are very special fellows, and because they helped her, she's going to help them. So she uses her wing to put under the waterfall to show them the magical Eden tree. That's pretty cool. And then they go get the fruit from the Eden tree. Then we go back to the queen. And... Of course, the queen is dying. There's a priest there doing the last rites. I think that's the pope. She looks pretty good for a lady well, who's about to die. She's pale. Her hair looks great. She's clearly, she's clearly not. She's clearly dying, but she hasn't stopped breathing yet. She's not dead yet. But Lord Badgley does announce her as deceased, yeah. which was kind of weird. But at the last possible second, the menagerie bursts in. And Doolittle has Literally. arrived just in time. We see the solar eclipse in the sky. And they burst in, and then Lord Batchley goes, sees them. Which makes no sense. Like, hey, them. these were all the guys that were coming to save the queen. Hey, the queen's <laughs> not dead. We'll seize them. Also, we have a polar bear and a, and a, and a giant-ass monkey. Bring it's it. a gorilla. That gorilla, those, <laughs> I guarantee you, first of all, there's nothing those guys are shooting that's going to penetrate the skin of either one of them. No. And they do bring it. A fight ensues, yeah. and Stubbins and is able to... underneath the table. He's <laughs> kicking people. That's all he needs. It's you, like, let, you let them, the heavy hitters, do it. Gorilla. Yeah. But Stubbins we makes it across the room. Doolittle gives the fruit to the flying squirrel. The flying squirrel flies across the room and lands on the, lands on the canopy of the bed and then drops the fruit to Stubbins, who stands up and then squishes it so that a tiny drop of juice... Lands on the queen's lip and she is magically instantly healed. Do you know why? Just a dabble, do you? Because this. I is should be selling thing. butter. <laughs> um. So the queen wakes up, and then Doolittle gets sticks his twig his uh, twig bug his stick bug, and uh, finds An actual out actual bug like he bugged the place. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He bugged the room, and Doolittle re- reveals. I can't. I can't. You can't. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't get that. <laughs> you didn't get that. I feel so ashamed. <laughs> I didn't get that he bugged the room. How did I miss that? And Doolittle reveals that Lord Begley poisoned the queen and that the vial of poison is in his pocket. It's right to pocket. Still. Who keeps that is in this his a pocket? month trip? Is he continuing to poison uh, well, her? Oh, well, maybe. It might be. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that makes sense. But... They, the, um... Get out of here, stinky. They take, they search him, and one of the guards, again, another, or one of the other lords, maybe, in this chamber, a great extra, who says, because Lord Bashley's like, you can't believe that this man talks to insects. And then the, gar- the guy goes, well, I often have conversations with ladybugs as <laughs> I make a wish and blow them away. Which is just kind of ridiculous and funny. 
Then, and, hey, this lord keeps saying these things. The fucking queen's right there. Why don't we ask her? Yeah. <laughs> but they do t- search his pockets and find the poison in him. And the queen, who's now magically awoken, says to the tower with him, and he's taken into custody. And uh, that's the end. Doolittle reopens his practice with Stubbins as his apprentice. Well, I cut out long (laughs) (laughs) With Stubbins as his apprentice. And they all were given royal orders by the queen. And they live happily ever after. The end. Then there's the end credit scene. Yes. There is an end credit scene. With Thanos. Where we see (laughs) Moodfly... In the hole, notices a bat and asks the bat to lead him out. And he tries speaking in bat, but I think he said, your mother was a hamster and your father smells of elderberries because the bats then, it's implied, kill him. He said, hey, lazy lips, your mama Then there's a like a thousand bats. Yes, and, and they, they attack him. Attack him. So he was attacked by bats. Okay. John. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, my favorite character was um, Yoshi. Mm-hmm. John Cena? Yeah. My least favorite character was Moodfly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard not to pick him. Yeah. <laughs> Am I in your way? Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene was right in the beginning when they're doing, um, Doolittle's doing surgery on mm-hmm. the squirrel. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to the duck on forceps. And he's like, that's, that's celery. <laughs> and he goes, forceps, same piece of celery. Forceps, that's a carrot. <laughs> and he's like four sips that's a different piece of celery <laughs> I'll get it myself <laughs> um, my favorite line was berries berries <laughs> because I actually laughed out loud a little lol action he laughed out loud a couple of times because I wasn't prepared for that I was like oh that's it right there you can't beat the berries give me my phone and my <laughs> what am I forgetting now oh my favorite tertiary object mm-hmm I don't really have one. I'm gonna, I'll go with the house. Doolittle's, Doolittle's house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll yay it. It was a fun movie. It's not something I would watch often, but, you know, it's worth a watch at least once. It wasn't a 26? No, it was not a 26. Mm-hmm. Tony. <clears throat> Let's see. Butt fluff. Mm-hmm. My favorite character is Barry or... How do you say the king's name? Rasuli. Rasui. Rasuli. Rasuli. Rasini. My least favorite character is Moodfly, mm-hmm. of course. My favorite line, it's not a big line, I just like that he said this, but uh when they were when they were leaving the Queen's uh mm-hmm. chambers at the end, he says, Let us go. We have far less important places to be. I just thought that was cute. Uh my favorite scene has been updated. Mm-hmm. It was the laser pointer. That they used basically to, to distract Barry, but mm-hmm. now it's the fact that he bugged the room. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I, I didn't, didn't catch that. My favorite tertiary object was the whale harness, uh-huh. and that's it. Um, I didn't, <laughs> here's the problem. I, don't, I didn't care for the movie that much. I would nay it. However, if you have a child, they pretty much have to see this. So I'll maybe it. Uh-huh. It's in the middle. 
I don't. It was okay. I, I don't know that I'll watch it again. Tony but if you have, have a kid, to be awakened. I fell asleep. I was tired at least once. But <laughs> if you have a kid, they so have, missed some of it. They have to watch this. That might be how he missed the bugging of the room. He might have no, missed. No, I saw when him put it the there. I just didn't. <laughs> some reason connected. It, it didn't click for him. some reason. That was hilarious. At one and point, I, totally I did have to wake it. him up so I could. He would pause it so I could go pee. What? Well, Carly. All right. My favorite character was Kevin the squirrel. My least favorite the murderers character. Come back to the job. It was both Dr. Moodfly and Lord Badgley, who was the mastermind behind yeah. the Let's Kill the Queen mm-hmm. and the one that poisoned her. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite scene were the parts with Barry. My favorite lines were the Kevin's Logs. I have two, but mm-hmm. Kevin's Log Day 7, I'm now totally isolated. The enemy has ingratiated himself with the captain and crew. No sign of promised tropical island or the magic fruit, but I will endure. Mm-hmm. And then later, there's uh, Kevin's Log, Day 12. Some force beyond my comprehension so compels me to follow this crew of lunatics, the squirrel killer, and the deranged leader. Perhaps it's the magic tree that draws me. <laughs> and there's another one later where he's lost track of what day Kevin's it is. Log, Day Unknown. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the Kevin's Logs. And my favorite tertiary object was the use of the peacock as a window covering to block something from view. I also almost the picked the pictures at the end, but yeah, I liked, they blocked the window so the yeah. boy couldn't see inside, and then, yeah, it blocks the surgery window. I like the peacock usage. And I'm also going to maybe it. I thought it was all right, but especially the dragon fart jokes and stuff, I think... Timmy would have lost his mind over all the the release of wind and all the stuff pulled out of the dragon. I could see kids really liking this movie. So I will give it a maybe. Okay. My favorite character is Kevin, the squirrel. He's the best. My least favorite character is <laughs> Robert Downey Jr.'s accent. <laughs> <laughs> I know he can do a good accent. I've seen him play British characters before. I True. did read in the trivia that it was a Welsh accent, but I'm sorry. Sometimes this accent is clearly Scottish. I don't know. And I have watched British movies with people who are Welsh. <laughs> so I don't feel like this was a... I feel like it slipped in and out as if he was struggling with the it. replacements. Also, I'm bloody Welsh. If the character was originally British, why didn't they just make him British if he well, can this do was, a British accent? This is him. He In the trivia, he chose this uh. accent. It was, an, it was after a particular... I think it was a character, a Welsh character he liked that he was... Trying to do, he did. It, I read that in the trivia. It fucking bothered me. I didn't like <laughs> it. My favorite scene is the journey to Monteverde on the boat. I just like all the interactions on the boat. It was very fun. My favorite line is from after the boat, after Yoshi saves Plimpton from the water, and Plimpton says, "What is this feeling? I'm all warm and fuzzy inside." And Yoshi goes, "That's friendship, bro." <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, that just tickles me pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite, my favorite tertiary object is the octopus ah. that lives in the Queen's Chambers. This close to picking that. Um, I'm going to yay this movie. I watched it because I had Why wanted to like see it. Why like two days? Yes. Well, yeah. well, I watched it like through, yeah, two days ago. So this would be day three. And I watched it again this morning to do my notes. But I watched it because I had wanted to see it and I was bored. So I'm like, well, I'll see if it'll be good for the podcast. And I, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's a family movie. Yeah. It's the kind of movie that you can watch with your kids and you can actually watch it. And you're not 
pissed off that you're having to watch this piece of crap kids movie, <laughs> which is a problem. Yeah. And the humor, and there is, like, you know, there's fart jokes and stuff like that, but the humor isn't all that kind of lowbrow humor. And there's fun things for adults, like he bugged the room. And <laughs> I will say this, too. I like movies. I like kids' movies like this. That it's just it's just a movie. I get. I know it's great, and I love their movies and stuff. But I'm a little tired of Pixar's heavy-handed. Everything you have to watch, you have to cry. Yeah. Oh, his dad died, and his mom was eaten, and all, every Pixar movie. I'm like, all right, I'll watch this movie because I know it's gonna be good. But I don't want to fucking cry at every fucking movie it's you make. It's a big emotional journey. Yeah, like every single movie. It's like, can I just watch some fucking cars go in a circle and make fun of something? <laughs> you know? This is lighthearted and fun. More Tomater. I yeah. feel there's a gap in the marketplace. There aren't a lot of movies like this, and I really liked this one. So I thought it was good, and it definitely didn't deserve all of the terrible criticisms it got. It's a lighthearted, fun movie, and it's worth a watch if you have H. It's on HBO, so... Uh, yeah. If you have it and you're trying to figure out what to do with your kid now watch, that they're home yeah. all the time, give this a watch. Yeah, watch this instead of Wonder Woman. Way I better. wonder <laughs> if Ben has seen this with I don't know. I was going to ask kids. him. I right. should have asked him in advance. I know. I didn't Johnny, know. we want your opinion. Please yeah, we'll get, get Johnny's. back with us, Ben. We would like Johnny's uh, review. <laughs> and I'll text him. Carly? Hey, please find us on Facebook.com slash The Underappreciated Movie Podcast, on Twitter at Unmovie Podcast, on Instagram at Unmovie Podcast Dog, so you can email Unmovie Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, how do I get to my... Although I will say watch. Facebook is the best way to reach us, because Tony is the only one who regularly posts. <laughs> yeah. And um, about 80%, if not more, probably closer to 100% of the Instagram messages I get are people trying to sell me shit or advertise their pages. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of that. So, I don't really check them. Follow me, do this. Hey, focus. I'm trying to find my song, which I thought I had put in my watch later list, and I apparently did not. All right, well. Then just do a wee mo way, a wee mo way, a wee mo way. In the jungle, the mighty jungle. Now it's a wish commercial. (laughs) Oh, skip it. Oh, Lord. In the jungle. You can can tune in next week on the podcast for John's pick. Now, I'm glad you thought. So, I was going to do something special, and I decided to do something special. You were going to do something special. I was going to. But no, no no more. Well, I was going to do Dragnet, but I've kicked kicked that can down the road. I see how it is. Because uh, we recently lost Sean Connery. You have. And I was thinking, I want to do a Sean Connery movie. Mm -hmm. And hey, does he have any movies for New Year's? And he does. The movie's called Entrapment (laughs) with Catherine Zeta-Jones. I've seen that. And it is, uh, it came out in 99, so. You've seen it. Y2K, man. Yep, this has been the big Y2K scare, so. I may have seen it in the theater. I did see it in the theater. (laughs) So there we go. All right. Is this the old Doolittle song? This is from the original, yeah. it looks like. Okay. This is Rex Harrison. I was going to do a James Bond movie, but I decided not to. I'll go with this. There's a lot of James Bond movies. Well, let's just say something that doesn't hold up. Like you were going to do a James Bond movie or you are going to do a Sean Connery? Sean Connery Bond. Uh, which, one's that? which one would you do? Never Say Never Again? No. Goldfinger? No, I was going to do Dr. No. Dr. No. But I'm like, eh, it's really not his best. <laughs> I'd have to rewatch them. Well, they're all out there everywhere now. How long do you want to go play this game? (laughs) (laughs) The cow goes. (laughs) (laughs) 